Those are, uh, I know, those, were, those have been great, like, intro. We do, like, a random intro blurb. Just so much gold. and girls welcome to another edition of idea lemons very special discover your inner awesome podcast my name is rajiv nathan aka the raj nation i'm the idea lemon co-founder and your show's co-host and as usual i am alongside my co-founder and co-host marty mcfly mr martin mcgovern this is Discover Your Inner Awesome, the only show where you get to eavesdrop on conversations with entrepreneurs, artists, and musicians about the stories, the journeys, the struggles, but most importantly, the questions. The questions that help us all better understand who we are, what we're doing, and just how we can do it better. In this episode, we sit down with Alex Schmidt. Alex is a writer and media personality with the very funny and very famous Crack.com. If you've seen a Crack.com video, you've probably seen Alex as well. We discuss with Alex something that's been on his mind recently, and we explore the question, how do you improve bad habits? Before we dive in, I want to extend an invitation for you to join our amazing tribe over at idealemon.com. All you got to do is enter your email address. It's free. You will never miss an episode of this show. And you'll also get tuned to some amazing stories we share around pursuing your craft, building your personal brand, and more. All right, let's dive in now to our conversation with Alex Schmidt. How do you improve bad habits? Let's listen in. It's not a super new thought, but it's just something I'm always kind of thinking about it, especially with uh, creative work, because it, it, it can be kind of nebulous to tell whether you're growing or whether you're improving or, or, or whether you're kind of uh, plateauing, I guess, kind of doing what you've already been, where you've already been at. Um, but I think bad habits are essentially boiled down to not reaching a goal um, in, a, in a repetitive way. Uh, and I think that's uh, tracking them is something that's uh, been on my mind uh, quite a bit lately because you, you can always do better with that. What are some of the things that you either have or haven't done tracking-wise? Um, I've done a lot of, uh, I, I think especially with writing, people do a lot of kind of tracking time, like tracking hours or, or, or alternatively tracking pages or uh, you know what, whatever their mediums measured by. Uh, and then also with stand-up, I think people track uh, quite a bit, uh, like how often they get up and then also how many essentially minutes of material they think they have. Like if they, you know, if, if someone said you need to open for Louis C.K. tonight, how many minutes they think they could go. Um, and so I, I think I try to essentially track how often I uh, shoot myself in the foot, I would say. Um, <laughs> you know, how often I uh, uh, stay in bed or something like that. Um, but, uh, but also I think with any kind of creative thing, procrastination is always... Um, a thing, and also is there's there are, I've come upon studies and things like that 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 say it can be uh, oddly productive in its own way to procrastinate. Like you kind of 
re- let your brain release and 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 your sphincter release and so on and you're like oh <laughs> great now I'm all right this this gives me some clarity and space to to go attack the next thing wait i'm uh, i'm supposed to unclench it <laughs> i've read i don't trust <laughs> your brain sphincter oh yes <laughs> That's been oh, in not for years. Ever heard of a brain fart? Like that's what he, that's what he mm, is. Yes. <laughs> how often? How early do guests bring up sphincters? Usually, is it this early? This is pretty late. Usually, we gotta buy you a drink and take you out to dinner first. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it's second date material. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. well, we're, oh, the sphincter is the second date, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I move quickly. <laughs> And we're already off the rails. I love it. Um, no, I, I, I think it's true, though, because um, we've had uh, a lot of, like, ups and downs with creating stuff ourselves. And I know the times where it flows the best are the times where either, one, we're completely just – we have so much going on that we just have to, like, pump things out. Or, number two, sure. when you're, like – when we were on the road trip and, like, you were forced to get out of your own head and just kind of create on the fly. Yeah. That yeah. was huge, lad. So yeah, we did a, a seven week or yeah seven week road trip last summer, and took our podcast and talked to people around the country as we went. And awesome. there was like, you know, it was just like we'd record an episode on a Tuesday in Portland and then throw it up Wednesday morning, and it was just like whatever it was make do with whatever we had. Wow! And just you know, it didn't sound it's like great quality wise, but lack of we still got it out. Forced you to create more. Yeah, and sure. I and I think that combined with what you said. Otherwise, Martin, with when there's just so much going on, you can't afford to like have downtime almost, or your downtime becomes like creative time. Still, you just you don't have time to be lazy. I guess that's yeah. when a lot of the stuff just starts to pour out of you, and because you're, I think you're just already in that mode, and it's like, all right, what next can I do? What's the next interesting thing I can do? Yeah, that's fascinating. I actually, um, I have a coworker. Um, uh, his name's Adam Todd Brown, but uh, one thing he said to me once is that with our particular website and, and with uh, comedy work in general on the internet, uh, he said that we're essentially always on vacation and never on vacation. Like just everything you do could be material in some way, and not and not and not even really the thing of like. like I feel like a lot of times people will. Like they'll if they're speaking to a comedian, they'll be like, "Oh, a crazy thing happened. Ah, this must be amazing material for you." Nudge, nudge, nudge. Like, oh, can you believe it? Like, oh, your aunt's. Oh, she's crazy. Yeah. Um, but oh, it's, your it's... parents died. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it'll be material. Uh, I'll make this a joke. I swear. But it. But even just like uh, if I'm watching a TV show. With my particular job, that I, that could TV show. It could be something that I'm consuming to turn it turn into material about fan theories or about uh, just what I think of Hollywood or something like that. Or it could just be that I'm sitting around watching TV. Like it just depends <laughs> how it gets used and and what's there, and and you never quite know. Yeah. Well, we've talked about that before. Where I I almost like I I used to just mindlessly watch tons of TV. Like when Hulu first came out, I was an RA. And I would sit there yeah. for 48 hours and just watch everything on Hulu, including the worst possible sci-fi shows. <laughs> and now, like, I'll sit there and I'll, I'll be watching an episode of something. And if it's not, I'll be, like, analyzing the plot and the story. And if, if I'm like, oh, wait, no, I don't really like how they've put this together, I'll just, like, tune out. And I can't, I don't know, I can't get the analytic part of my brain to shut up long enough to mindlessly do 
to mindlessly enjoy maybe a shitty comedy or something like that on TV. And I like yeah. that, though, at the same time. I mean, sometimes it can get annoying. It's like, man, can't I just enjoy it already and not think? But <laughs> I, I think, like you said, like, Alex, in your line of work and a lot of the stuff that we put out, it's like the stuff we consume, we figure out how do we create something with this as well. Mm-hmm. And it's like I think it's a nice cycle that, like, feeds itself because, like like you said, your coworker mentioned, it's always vacation, but it's never vacation at the same time. Yeah. Um, I know, like, that's how my mind works, um, you know, as a rapper, like, I, I'm never not thinking about potential lyrics I can write. Sure. And, and it's not necessarily like I'm actively thinking about lyric creation. It is, you know, like, you will say, maybe like, you'll say the name Adam Todd Brown, and I'll, like, just come up with a line that has his name in it. or Walked into line. town. Yeah. Well, I, I would go for rhyming Adam, Todd, and Brown. I'm so great at rapping. <laughs> I had Adam, Todd, Brown. I had him shot down. Oh, no. Why would you do that to him, man? Well, he's so now you guy. can make a casket joke. <laughs> oh, yeah. Also, he's actually, he's one of the biggest fans of rap I know, so if you did any kind of lyric with him, he'd be thrilled. Right. Just, we'll yeah. share that one with him. Adam, Todd, yeah, Brown. Yeah. I had him shot Watch down. Watch a few of his videos and make a unique song for him. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that's the kind of stuff right where it's like you just it's not necessarily active thinking in all cases it's just you're why you become wired in a way where you look at the world and you look at the things you consume as there could be material here and it's, it's almost just opening yourself up to that yeah absolutely and it and it it's and it is exciting like you said like it's it's nice to um, it's nice to be in a spot where you can enjoy something to enjoy it. And then also it can become something handy. And then there's also, I feel like there's also a side of it where just consumption becomes work. Like, uh, like there are a few things in the world, like, like if I'm not watching game of Thrones, I'm sort of behind the culture and, and professionally I need to be on top of it. And there are certain things like that where it's lucky I like that show because if I didn't, it would probably be a chore I need to do every week. Yeah. Are you still uh, watching Walking Dead? I'm actually not. And that is also very popular, but I, I think I'm getting away with it. I, I, I actually really uh, didn't enjoy that show when I watched it. I, I stuck with it for about two seasons and then I, I bailed. Yeah, well, I just I noticed you guys have a lot of uh, zombie-themed uh content and so i i'm i i like what you're saying about like having to keep up because it's your job i feel like that's something where a lot of what's out there about procrastination or about getting work done or about sticking to your habits it's a lot of the advice is like just ignore everything in the world and just focus on yourself (laughs) and that's hard to do if your job is to be on top of everything that's going on in the world Sure. It's all, and it's also, um, well, and also I, as, as I hear myself saying things, I feel like I should just establish that getting to watch, uh, TV shows and have it be professionally relevant is like <laughs> champagneist of champagne problems. Like what a, what a lucky thing. Uh, but, um, but that's so, so true that like, cause also when I was, uh, thinking about this and like, I, I feel like, um, if you're somebody like maybe a novelist or a playwright or something, like I, I see those writers as people who can pour a lot of time into one piece. And so that that thing that people encourage you to do with procrastination of like just shut everything out, that's probably very effective for that. Um, I feel like if you, uh, you're like, I think most of us where work tends to be a lot more piecemeal and a lot more 
maybe across a few different kinds of things or even a lot of different things, then it's then it's a lot harder to like just zone in on one thing. It's, it, you kind of need to be on top of everything that's going on as you're putting together, you know, uh, all kinds of different outlets of things. Yeah, and I think, and this came up actually, we were teaching a, our personal branding workshop last night, Yeah, and this came up, it's the idea, like, if you're able to take something you enjoy and in some way make it a part of your work, you know, it, it could be to the extent of, in your case, like, part of your job description is watch TV shows, right? Yeah. Uh, that, that's like the extreme, like like you said, champagne of the champagne problems. Uh, yeah. It's but, the best. <laughs> yeah. And on the other right. end of it, like the how do I even just get anything of what I enjoy into what I do? There's like the can I take what I saw on a TV show and use that to explain something, at, explain a concept to a client or, you know, to my coworkers. Um, it's, sure. it's like you, you don't have to treat everything like it's <laughs> siloed. You can have one thing feed into another. And I think that's, and if you start creating things of your own, then that's when it becomes super fun. And that's what we were saying in our workshop last night was like, you know, like people will, will say you want to work in social media. You want to work in content creation, just talk about social media and just talk about content creation. But like who the fuck wants to listen to someone, <laughs> ta- someone talking about content in order to be known in content. It's like, no, talk about something that's really interesting to you that you already like and create content around that. Right. Yeah, and and, uh, and I would also say uh, that's absolutely dead on. And, and it also seems like just uh, letting your personality out on top of that is is a great thing. Like I especially, uh, I spend a lot of time on Twitter and, and my favorite people in what, you, what would probably be called like politics Twitter or journalism Twitter are people who also work in... Uh, who they are and jokes and and uh, just the way they feel about what's going on. So when it comes to kind of figuring out, because I think a lot of what we're talking about has to do with awareness day to day in creation, yeah. in in finding inspiration. And then when it comes to habits, the the key thing about forming any habit is just being aware of what you're doing throughout the day. I think the reason that we break habits or that we lose track of our habits or that I said I was going to start meditating three, four months ago, bought the yearly subscription to the meditation app, and then haven't opened it in a couple of months, um, is because of awareness, right? Like, it's just on my phone somewhere, and there's nothing to, like, trigger me to open it. So I lose the awareness that that's something I should be doing, or I'm busy, and I ignore that that piece of uh, the just... There's only so much that we can be aware of within a day, right? And so... If we're yeah. spending all of our time constantly analyzing everything in life um, in order to find those like inspirational moments or inspiration moments, um, I, I know like Will Powered talks about this a lot where there's like a finite amount. And I don't know if this was debunked or anything, but there's like a finite amount of energy you can put towards your active awareness or active willpower throughout the day. Yeah, that I mean that uh that scans is true for me. Um I also an, another thing I've been uh in, in particular on being on top of things, I, I I actually I too have um intended to do some meditation recently and, and haven't been daily about it. And I'd love to be. Um but I and then one thing I've done to try to help myself with that is I, I keep a to a general to do list of just things to do in the day. And so I just added meditation to the to do list. 
And it turns out it's really easy to just copy and paste that to the next day. Like, it's so, uh, the, you know, Word is amazing. You can just do that. Uh, that delete button is real handy. Yeah, it's really cool. Uh, technology rules. Uh, but, um, but it's, uh, it is a very tricky thing, it seems like, to schedule awareness or to schedule um, es- essentially mental space. Um, like I also, I, a friend of mine was talking recently about how, um, at one point he had a, a day job that he, he really couldn't stand. Um, but he found a way, he found that it was g- a good thing to kind of write on top of. But initially when he started doing it, he would get, he would be very disciplined about, all right, I'm off of work. I'm going to go and write immediately. And he would do, he would like, bring himself to do that. But then when he sat down to write, his head was just full of his day job. And so he learned that there was an extra step there of like getting, of like getting your brain into the next uh, stage of the day and end of what you're doing. It's like purging it. Yeah. Or almost, yeah, almost just uh, uh, the the meditation I have done talks about uh, feeling, uh, uh, one of them talked about being like a plane in the clouds. I, I'm making it sound terrible. It's, it was much better. <laughs> it was really great. Uh, but um, if you like 747. <laughs> yeah, but like uh, just remembering that there's uh, the thing I talked about was remember there's blue sky. Like you can just uh, shift yourself to be being in that next thing and the, and then back down when you need to. Yeah. Okay. A couple of things coming off of that. So your friend who wanted to write every day after work, but then didn't. I mean, part of that is like, so did he adjust when he decided to write then after that? He, I, I think he made a, it was, I believe it was kind of a nine to five shift. Uh, at, it was like an, an uh, office job data entry kind of thing. Um, but he, he intended to write at night and I think he ended up writing at night. It was just a, a process of creating a space and a habit in between his workday and his writing time of, of essentially getting himself to a place where he could focus on it and, and feel, um, feel like he was there, you know? Yeah. Well, and with, you know, another workaround for that is right before work, get up a little bit earlier. Sure. Decision sure. fatigue is a real thing. And if you've been doing mentally taxing or even mind numbing work all day, it's hard to activate your brain after eight hours of that. Of course, yeah. Do something super creative, um, unless you know you you throw some spark in there in between that allows you to be creative again. But like cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's an option. <laughs> it sounds like you. Oh man, know I just want to enter data. I just want to enter more data. <laughs> <You're great. laughs> um, but I remember, like. Um, you know, a couple of years ago when I worked at an ad agency and we'd be putting out our newsletter for Idea Lemon, I would write that stuff. I'd just wake up like an hour earlier and write my first draft, like, you know, on say like a Tuesday morning, come back to it Wednesday. Actually, at that time, I was only doing one draft, let's be real. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I would, yeah, I'd, I would write it that morning. What's an edit? <laughs> yeah. That was the days of pre-edits. And man, I've gone yeah. back to some of the things that were written. I'm like, that's ah, actually incorrect. <laughs> when I say we wrote, I mean that I wrote. <laughs> yeah, Rajiv, we're recording. We're recording right now. Dude. It's all about the secret It was inconsequential. It's all the secret All right. <laughs> um, in any case, um, but, but that's what, I, I know there was no way I would have been able to do that work had I scheduled it for after work. 
Sure. Um, yeah. And I, I really believe, I just know for myself, I'm like my most, most creative in the first few hours I'm awake. Yeah. Well, and that also, and I, I feel like everybody writes a little bit differently. And, and then for a lot of people, that's true that like that first chunk of the day is incredibly creative and great. Uh, but also I feel like one of the few universal writing things is the magic of lay down a first draft, let time pass and come back. Like it's just yeah. it's unbel it's always unbelievably helpful and I, and maybe that maybe that's sort of writing one on one but I I feel like it I didn't know that early on and it's it's the best yeah yeah it's something that's definitely helped me <laughs> yeah I think a lot of people don't think about that um, <laughs> yeah even if it is writing one on one and I'm kind of curious so what we're all trying to build better habits we we want to be more creative we want to create more um, but like what is the the goal that all these habits are, are kind of trying to accomplish, right? Is it, is it just the creation? Is it something bigger than that? Like, what are we all trying to get at long-term with these habits that we're trying to build? Because I feel like having that vision of what you're hoping to achieve really helps with executing on the habit today. Well, and that actually leads into what I uh, wanted to ask about the meditation thing, Alex, is yeah. If like, like what, if, what's your reason for wanting to meditate? Oh, um, I think I uh, am hoping it will help me be more uh, cognizant of how things actually are. I think I can very easily get um, wrapped up in uh, like the most recent stimulus, whatever that might be in my life, and and okay. I think. <laughs> it it somehow it's engaging i don't know why uh but uh but just just to have um it's it's sort of an indirect way to get at it but to sort of have more perspective i think yeah. is sort of the the overall idea so you know i, I hear something like that and i think that's it's it's very valid that, that that's your reasoning but then i also wonder is that a strong enough reason to get you into the habit of doing that or does it need to be a more concrete thing at least to start with so that way you actually are motivated to do it every day and then yeah. from there it evolves into like i'm trying to learn how to float what float above like the float. ground <laughs> 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 really hope meditation gets me there because yeah. hoverboards aren't coming yeah, out anytime meditation soon. levitation <laughs> yeah, I see what um but that you know that's where it, I, I really think it's like it it almost i, I think unless there's the concrete well, at least to start this yeah. is what I want to get out of this. I think it's hard to get that momentum going and get past that inertia to initially to really get into a habit. What was yours? Because you got into a habit with it. Yeah, and my yeah, I started. I've been meditating for a year and a half now, and mine started with I got to get over my ex girlfriend, and uh, I just yeah. had like too many negative thoughts, and I was <laughs> like, I, got, I why don't I just try this? Because I I'm thinking about her way too much and in a negative way, and now none of my meditation practice has anything to do with her. But, you know, the first couple months, you know, two, three months, whatever it was, that was what it was about. And then naturally I got to a place where I was like, I just ended up being just a way to clear my head. And now it's how I start the day in order to like feel like I can attack the day. But so it Alex, what hate is yeah. in your heart? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I, that, that seems very uh, valid. I, I In particular, I, I think I've been realizing that uh, if I – I'm doing it to have more perspective and and handle sort of random stimulus better. I uh, that's also sort of tricky if if random stimulus can d 
distract me from doing it. I, I, yeah, they, and so that's a that's a good thought. Maybe something like that would be helpful with um, uh, get, getting it sort of kickstarted and get, getting the habit in place. Because I think I think what that does is it it almost proves that it's something you actually want to do versus it sounds nice. I feel like it's something I should do. Um, and that, and that, if it's with anything, if the reason is, or if the, you know, the idea behind it is, yeah, it's something I should do. I think it's very tough to ever make that into a habit or you end up. Unless you pay for, um, what, what is it, uh, that all the celebrities do? Meditation? TM? Yeah. Unless you pay for TM, then you've like justified it with a dollar Uh, amount. Yeah. And (laughs) you you need to make back your ROI. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> but but like so take the what was it the Headspace app that's what you bought yeah, right yeah. and you're like I, like so hundred thirty dollars out the window jeez really that much <laughs> I don't know wow. I don't remember oh. meditation like is meditation ago. is free <laughs> <laughs> you you'd think you would think so <laughs> um, so why did you buy the app why did you want to start meditating I had a coupon all right is that really it <laughs> yeah that was kind of the instigator um, and I was gonna do it with my friend. Uh, Michael, and we were going to keep each other accountable because they have like a buddy system in the app. And then, of course, we never did keep each other accountable. But so why did you want to do it, though? Because he said, I'm going to give you this thing that gives you a free month. Sign up and we'll keep each other accountable. I went, hell yeah. And I signed up. And then I was like, well, if I'm signing up, I'll just buy it for the year. And then (laughs) marketing. (laughs) And then but um, not not meditating anymore. Yeah. So I, I mean, I, it doesn't sound like there was a strong enough reason to start with. Yeah, I didn't really have saying. a whole lot of reason. So and then it's like, well, why why care that you don't keep up? Well, with all right. It? So here's here's the thing that stopped me, and I'm going to be uh, honest here. It it whenever I get when I I bought it when I was in a good place mentally, and when I'm really calm already, it's easy for me to meditate. When I'm not calm and things are stressing me out, I tend to try and I tend to run away from meditation which seems counterintuitive but it just I don't want to sit down and think about all the stress that's in my head for 15 minutes and so I catch myself on days when I'm like oh I probably should meditate today and then I just run to the train or Mm -hmm. something like that because I'm just like ah no that's going to really bring up a lot of stuff I'm trying to ignore right this moment yeah and so Mm -hmm. I know for a fact that there are a lot of reasons I should be meditating uh, from a stress perspective, and I have a lot of anxiety, but it's it was it was super easy to do it when we were at like the big I don't know right back from the road trip, and I was just like on cloud nine, and life was yeah. good, and I just wanted to sit and think about how good life was for fifteen minutes, right? Yeah. But yeah. no, it's harder when you actually are like, wait, what is we're like trying to build a business, we're trying to come up with business plans. Like I already get that a lot of my head in the journal that I do every morning. And I'm like, I need to do another 20 minutes of thinking about yeah. this. Like, I've already spent a half hour thinking about this stuff and getting it out of my head. Now I just want to move on with the day. Well, that's my point, right? Like, there's no reason. I mean, sure, you'd benefit from meditation. But you're already essentially meditating by journaling 750 yeah. words yeah, every that's morning. Fair. And it's like... Which is the habit that was my number one habit for the year. Yeah. So, And, and I just think just because we don't do something that we're supposed quote unquote supposed to be doing or we don't do that well just because we pay two hundred dollars for something doesn't mean that we have to follow through on it (laughs) yeah (laughs) um but you know it's like the idea and 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 vice versa on my end i tried to start 750 words and i and you failed yeah i did it like the first three days and i fell off day four got back on like day six and haven't done it since because for me it's like i'm like i'm already spending 15 minutes with my own thoughts every morning meditating 
17 minutes. And then, like, why... I'm like, I'm losing, like, a full 45 minutes out of my morning mm-hmm. now if I also write 750 words. So I think this idea <laughs> of, like, when you look at habits, it's like, not everything has to be made into a habit just because it exists. Right. Yeah, especially... Uh, um well, also, is 750 words, is that just a goal or is that like a the like program or something? It's a, yeah, it's a website oh, I see. and they let you write until you hit 750 words. Oh, and then they, and then you get the premium plan. Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> Surprisingly, no, this is just like some hobbyist made this site. It's really cool. Oh, no, that's, that's uh, wonderful. Um, yeah, especially, well, also with a lot of uh, things that would be good habits to do, like, I feel like they're every time I hear about or think of something that would be like, oh, that'd be a great habit to do, I immediately imagine myself doing it, and my brain goes on a little trip of, like, just this higher Alex. Like, just this Alex who, like, ah, now he has implemented this into his life, and, and look at him go. And so it's, it beca- the, there is that initial endorphin rush of, like, oh, man, if I did that. And uh, then at the same time, uh, future me decides maybe that, uh, you know, the, wait, oh, that rush is gone. It decides maybe not to do it. I, I'm not exactly sure. Have you met CrossFit Alex? CrossFit Alex. He kept talking about CrossFit. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't get a word in. <laughs> yeah. Didn't really talk to him. Yeah. <laughs> no, I definitely, I I think that's kind of one of the, um, It's. I remember Jerry Seinfeld at the Clio Awards or something like that, the ad, the advertising awards when he was like, we know it's a lie. We know once you get the product, you're going to be unhappy. <laughs> but it's that moment between when you imagine what life will be like when you own that thing. That's right, right. happiness. That's pure <laughs> happiness. So maybe it's just imagining that we are the type of people who will have amazing habits in life. That is truly the happiness that we're looking for. <laughs> <laughs> and we're already there, guys. Yeah, yeah. Deep thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> But there are, and then also, I uh, I think I've been thinking a lot about how, like, because I think I think uh, Martin or both of you mentioned that uh, there's like that thing of like, oh, I could execute that habit today, but all oh, the time expense, you know, like I could, I I gotta go, and I I feel like I'm trying to train myself to not worry about that time expense so much. Like in particular with, um, it was a while back, but flossing. Like when I made a point of flossing, I was like, initially I was like, boy, all this, you know, scraping away, this, this is taking forever. Uh, but <laughs> but once once it's just sort of something that you do every day, I, I feel like the time expense doesn't loom as large. Like it's just normal at that point. Yeah, yeah, it's part of your routine at that point. Yeah, yeah. once your gums stop bleeding and you can get yeah. back on with your day. Right, so. right. <laughs> I could eat again, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and then that, that kind of goes to sale you know, with like everything. It's like there's a gums bleeding moment whenever you start something new that you're not necessarily sure you want to be doing, but you start it anyways. And if you can get through the gums bleed, if you can get through the bleeding gums, Murphy, <laughs> then you. <laughs> Zoom. What's the reference? Lisa and the saxophone. Oh, the damn it. Oh, I missed the Simpsons <laughs> reference. Oh, I got to just leave man this podcast now. <laughs> I just listened to the Cracked Simpsons podcast. Damn it. Yeah. Oh, me too. I'm so jealous. Oh, oh that, so that, good. That's so great. <laughs> it's, that's the best. Yeah. God damn it. I'll send yeah. it to you, Raj. It's so good. For the, yeah. For those who don't know, a couple, a couple of my coworkers got to talk to some Simpsons writers about uh, just everything. It, it was wonderful. Yeah. And they got a lot of their bubbles bursted. It was... Yeah, well, especially because uh, Michael Swaim is uh, 
just amazing. Uh, but yeah. also is it has has a lot of incredible deep thoughts about the Simpsons, and it basically has turned out that the writers uh, did not think about it that hard. Yeah. Just across the board, they just did things that they thought would be fun, or in a lot of cases with characters like. Hank Azaria would have one line as one person, and he just did it so funny that that became a poo or became uh, Groundskeeper Willie yeah. or something. Yeah, uh, Groundskeeper Willie one's crazy. Well, yeah. and, I, and I thought it was interesting um, when they were talking about how they overthink in the writer's room, which I think is kind of what we're talking about here sometimes with building habits, where it's when we think about doing a habit, we think about the grand life we're going to have once we've built that habit, which almost makes it too big to even start, right? And sure. I think on that podcast, they're talking about like rules in comedy. When you set up all these rules that you can't break, like if they set up what the Simpsons world was from a rule standpoint, then it would it would restrict the number of jokes that they can make versus what they actually did was just go, yeah, sure, make that joke, right? And like, yeah. I feel like when we try and build these habits, we almost go, um, oh, well, if I'm going to, let's say, meditate, then I need to do meditation for a half hour every single day forever. And then suddenly it's like the most monumental task in the world to get done, and it's almost impossible to even start. Yeah, well, it, it also, I feel like that's true, and then also there's a balance there. Like, I um, uh, dug up on the internet at one point, uh, Chuck Jones, who was behind so many Looney Tunes mm -hmm. classics, uh, he had a list of, I think it was nine rules for uh, Wile E. Coyote and Roadrunner. Oh, like, just, right, yeah. very, just very specific things about, like... Uh, like the way they use physics and the way they speak to each other and whose fault it is and that all the products come from acne and things like that. And I feel like that plays into what we were talking about before about limitations being helpful. And like, that's really a really useful thing. But then even at the same time, like one of the rules was that they don't talk. And there are a few Wiley Coyote and Roadrunners where Wiley Coyote has like a Shakespearean voice for some reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's just like <laughs> Wiley Coyote. And like, it's like, Oh, that's, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what cartoon is this now? You know? Yeah. Uh, so it it you kind of you kind of want to find that balance of like the, I'm not going to make this habit an absolutely monumental thing, but at the same time I'm not gonna. Um, uh, I'm, uh, there's actually there's a column by uh, he writes as John Cheese on crack, but it's a really great piece about New Year's resolutions, and he talks about not moving the finish line around because like if you if you set a goal and then kind of keep if you, like his example I think was eating better and it, and it's like yeah I'll, I'll eat better all the time but if you set that goal and then keep couching it in like well I got to have a snack this afternoon and well I got to not going to give up meat and like well I'm going to yeah da, 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 da. then eventually there's kind of the the finish line is 2 feet away from you and and there was never you were kind of in the same spot like it's it's a really tricky thing to to balance setting those rules right and also not uh freaking yourself out I guess mm -hmm. I, if I'm understanding correctly, what you're saying is there's the one extreme of blowing things way out of proportion and then never getting started, and the other extreme of setting too many boundaries so that you can't uh, also prevents you from getting started. Is that how you're getting it? Um, almost more that like there there's the almost more setting too huge of a task, but also then the other end is just letting yourself kind of not have one, you know what I mean? Like just kind of, oh, okay, oh, I'm, yeah. I'm not going to make this too, too strict. And then you too end free up flowing, yeah. just yeah. kind of not doing it. You well, know? and the thing was with the Wiley Coyote thing, it's like someone could pick up his rules 25 years later 
and make an episode based off the rules that he wrote mm-hmm. that would fit in the same. It would look like it was a seat like within that original series. Right. Yeah. And, and then they allow for like a break here and there, which makes that break even funnier because it doesn't happen all the time. And I think I, I heard heard or read that same thing where they were saying the new Wile E. Coyote cartoons that came out didn't follow that script. And oh. they're, they broke it so often that it just made the whole show confusing. Like you didn't know what the rules of that universe were. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I might be misquoting that, but I thought. I didn't, re- I didn't realize they made new ones. I would be curious to see them. Yeah. So that's, okay, this is an interesting concept. Like the whatever universe you're designating, what are the rules that go along with it? It's, it's like, it's, it's like, what's your fight club, right? You, know, yeah. <laughs> you don't talk about Fight Club. You don't talk about Fight Club. And you don't talk about Fight Club. Stop talking about it. <laughs> but, but these and these things can be applied. Like if it's the Wiley e. Coyote thing, like these are Chuck Jones' nine rules, or um, it was eleven. I don't know. You know, if you want to, <laughs> if you want to write every day after work, it's what are the what are the rules of that? And this is and this is um, you know last year I was talking about this with like habit formation like last year was my year of bringing exercise back into my life like regularly nice and i at the beginning of the year i started i just said i want to exercise every single day of the year and i am designating exercise as either 50 push-ups 200 sit-ups or a 10 minute run as long as i do one of those things i can say i exercised for the day and there's no debating like and and that's just for me and that was my situation right Right on. Yeah, um, and that actually got me into yoga, which became, which became my daily exercise. But um, I, I didn't say at the beginning of the year, I want to exercise. I'd like to exercise more this year. And it was, and and then, then like more. Me, okay. Well, how do you define more? I don't know. It was just no. I am going to exercise day, yeah. this year and do it every day. And yeah. These are the rules of that. So I, I really like that concept of you pick the universe you're going to exist in, and then designate or find the rules that are working uh, that will work for you and that you stick to. Yeah. So I'm going to go back to the question I asked yeah. you earlier, which is we're all, we're setting habits. We're choosing our habits. Like there's, there's an infinite number of habits to choose from in the world. And we're picking certain ones because we want to live a certain type of life because we want to view ourselves as a certain type of person. And so I almost view habits as like, I am the type of person who does blank, right? I'm the type of person who works out. I'm the type of person who eats vegan. I am the type of person who XYZ, right? Sure. So I'm kind of curious, like, what are the types of people you guys are trying to become through the habits that you've chosen to focus on over the past 10 years? Because we've all been testing out different habits and seeing what works and then, you know, eliminating the ones that don't and trying to double down on the ones that do and things like that. Oh, yeah, that's interesting. Um, yeah, I think I, I mean, I think they're mostly, essentially mostly goals to be um, making and working on things I think are worth making and uh, and being there for people in my life. Uh, it's it's basically those. It's I'd say it's basically it basically they basically all fall into those two categories. They they might be way too broad, but um, it's it's essentially that. I think if I'm the kind of person who is doing those two things, I'll uh, be happy with my day to day and be happy with who I am. It's a deep 
ask a question. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this, this is a deep ass podcast. Yeah, I really want to follow that with a joke of some kind, but I don't know. Well, we had the sphincter reference earlier, so. Uh, yeah. And a horse walked into a bar. Yeah. Everyone, please go listen to the sphincter part again and then <laughs> come back to this in the deep. <laughs> we'll just splice the sphincter joke in. Oh, just like... we'll just splice the sphincter. Okay. <laughs> um, stalling rush. For me, person I'm trying to become is, I guess, this good balance of lighthearted but also serious. Um, and this is actually something that one in my yoga teacher training, I just came off the 10 day intensive. Someone noted about me, they were like, they were like, you can always have a good time, but like when it comes time to like focus and get serious, you like, you just flip that switch and you don't like, and you, you go with it. You don't like still try to make jokes when it's time to be serious about things. And I was like, thanks. I, <laughs> I, I like that. I, I'm able to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I like, you know, I like that balance about myself and also just the fact that I want to always be able to create things from what I already enjoy. Uh, you know, which I've started to do anyways. Like I got the wrestling project that I started mm-hmm. and, and and I just it's almost like always having a creative flame burning and not instead of instead of thinking about what what could I be doing later on. It's just like always just have something that is going on. Um is that a good answer to the question? I have no idea. <laughs> I don't I don't think I defined the the goodness or badness of answers when I asked it. Um, but I think what you're saying is basically like you have an idea of who you want to be and that's, this is all driving in that direction. You might not know exactly what it looks like at the end. There might, it's not like, um, you have a Raj on a pedestal over here that you're trying to get. Well, I always put myself on a pedestal. Well, you're on a pedestal today. So, I mean, you just carry that thing around with you all the time. Um, but I, I mean, and I, I, for myself, I, I kind of, I look backwards and I kind of look outwards so um we were talking recently about like people that we admire and lauren michaels came up in the conversation as someone who like i really admire for just being constantly behind the scenes doing whatever lauren michaels does which is like a total mystery to me but (laughs) he's doing something that's so interesting that it's allowing all these insanely creative minds to get noticed get seen get work done and like he's be better at what they do and be better at what they do so he's like a producer who's in the background who who in who helps people get to the next level and we talked a lot about that and i'm like that's what i'm trying to get to so like what sort of things help you get to that kind of a mindset and so obviously reading up on lauren michaels or um getting more in touch with what i'm good at or um meditating would probably be something that would help me kind of center myself in order to deal with people who are trying to build really creative ideas. Um, And then I also look backwards at the time when I was a kid where I didn't have filters on the things that I made. Like I would just sit in the basement and I would just draw for like 10 hours. I would draw like all these different cartoon, um, like Frankenstein and like caricature Frankenstein vampires, all these things for like a Halloween party I had coming up and I'd go crazy like decorating and, I kind of look at those moments as a kid when I had no filter and didn't worry about doing something in order for it to sell or doing something in order for it to like get a like or (laughs) something like that. Um, Back when it was like just kind of pure my own creativity for myself. And then 
looking forward at like icons that I look up to and just trying to find like what what is true about myself but also on a path toward some someone that I respect and I think in there lie the different habits that I should probably focus on and also it gives you sort of a blueprint maybe not a, a perfect blueprint like I don't I'm not going to run SNL or even create my own SNL that's not the point the point is it gives you models to kind of like base your habits off of so you're not starting from scratch necessarily yeah it seems and it, uh, that makes sense and it seems really helpful in particular to to not be completely reinventing the wheel uh, like you're describing like like to have those kind of uh, guideposts and and people to work off of yeah so who do you guys look up to oh um i mean i think it there's a well comedically i the first comedy album i ever had was a steve martin album and he's you two are like just twins. In, <laughs> <laughs> uh, my twin brother martin gave it to me and it, it, you both wear glasses you're both uh, white and you like comedy <laughs> hey not all white people look the same raj jeez <laughs> um but there's uh i mean there's a range of people like him uh, jack benny um there and uh, actually, uh, Ellen DeGeneres is really great. Um, also, uh, lately, I've been listening to a lot of Kyle Kinane, a, a great oh, comedian. He's so good. He's just just unbelievable, and and the way he can work a lot of story and meaning into tons of jokes is is amazing. Um, but uh, those people, and then also sort of, I guess, more behind the scenes people like uh, Bill Shaft, who who wrote for. Uh, the Late Show for a long, long, long time, and and kind of inspired me to to write the first thing I ever published, and uh, and there's just sort of people all over the place comedically, and then also just you know people, you know my mother and and people in my life are who um, I guess that's sort of a generic answer, but uh, it, I, I feel like in terms of building an overall who you are, there tend to be a lot of uh, rabbis, so to speak, along the way. Yeah. Yeah, and I also look up to your mother. She brought some amazing Capri Sun pouches to elementary school. <laughs> I seriously, I, I thought, I forgot you guys knew each other as kids, and I thought you were about to make yeah. the worst your mama joke. <laughs> I, was I, was, like, I was like, where is this going? <laughs> at the beginning of that, there was a real fork in the road, and I'm glad you went the direction you went. <laughs> No, I, know, I realize now from the start of the sentence, it could have just been the worst. <laughs> <laughs> I also look up to your mother. Here's a, here's a mom. Oh my gosh, no. <laughs> um, it's worse than the sphincter. Oh boy. Yeah, was that, was that, was that in the intro that we, yeah, we, uh, our review elementary and, and from there, yeah. Yeah. Um, in my case, uh, this actually came up during yoga training was like, who do you, who are your man crushes? Who are your woman crushes and your man crushes? And mine are The Rock and Lin-Manuel Miranda are the two that I like, <laughs> look up to the most and want to do Just more things in their together. direction. Yeah, I know. And, and then from, you know, the to the Lauren Michaels thing, when we had that conversation a few weeks ago, my answer was like, you know, if I'm just going to try to quote unquote, like model or become someone in a way, it's like looking at Vince McMahon. How do I create the show, but also have a role in the show as well? Um, mm. It's like, 
making it happen and the, and being in it as well, which is very much what Miranda does, right? He wrote the show. He created the show. He's also the star of the show. Um, so, yeah, that, that's what it is in my case. And, and what I think is interesting, as I'm saying that, to go back to what I'd said, you know, 10, 15 minutes prior about the balance of lighthearted but still serious, like that's what all these people are doing. The Rock. Yeah. One day, Rock Clock is motivational photos saying – like get after your goals today, hustle hard. Next day is him and Kevin Hart yelling at you to get the fuck up. Uh, <laughs> Miranda, it's like let me make a rap, but let me make it about a serious topic and create empathy for someone who died 250 years ago. Yeah, and you're constantly dressing up like a tooth fairy. So yeah, I'm... well that too. <laughs> um, McMahon, he creates something that's super entertaining, but the way he runs it is so strict, and he has like ultimate like creative control over everything in the final word, and you don't want to like get on his bad side otherwise your career is just done um so that, yeah it's an interesting that i'm thinking about that now as as i'm talking yeah, that yeah. through well also and mcmahon's a fascinating one because I, I i don't know wrestling probably as well as you do but my uh my friend adam ganser who's a huge wrestling fan i think vince mcmahon is probably also like his favorite character mm-hmm. like i'm curious how many wrestling fans there are who like that's, interesting. that's their favorite guy partly because if that's such a fascinating role in it that like partly in fiction partly in real life they're they're pulling all the strings yeah it's there was this fascinating article i think in the new york times a couple weeks ago or last week it was just called everything is wrestling (laughs) and it was about how like you know the whole like thing about wrestling is it's scripted but then like when are they being real versus when are they being characters and they they told that line very well but then it was like same like beyonce's lemonade is wrestling yeah yeah (laughs) because it's like is it beyonce the person or is it beyonce the character who's saying these potentially you know like things about jay-z and how she cheated is it jay-z the person or jay-z the character yeah well even i I was reading lately because it's it's obviously a, a topic but um uh that muhammad ali i guess was actively conscious of i think it was gorgeous george and maybe a few other wrestlers and like had that as a frame of reference for, oh, I could be this outspoken in addition to boxing well. That's exactly right. Well, because his quote was, um, I was saying that I was the greatest before I even knew it. Yeah. Right? It's like, (laughs) that's so brilliant. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, But it's also kind of tricking our minds. It's like, I lied to you, and now it's true. <laughs> it's like it's like Vince. What you need is a is a poster of Vince McMahon holding a marionette of Vic, Vince McMahon holding a marionette of Vince McMahon. <laughs> yeah, it's, just, it's like that many layers deep. Yeah, um, kind of bringing this back towards the habit formation stuff. Uh, Let's get in habit formation. Oh, oh that was good. I, another, I'm out. I'm out after that one. <laughs> another thing I want to bring up is, and this this is what I kind of saw and learned. You know, again, I, I we're doing this recording with me coming off of ten straight days of intensive yoga teacher training, mm-hmm. and one of the things I think that really helped me learn a lot during that period was, um, really going into it, and, and I I told this to to my my fellow classmates slash whatever training group on day one, I was like, the only thing I know is that I don't know. And I, you know, I've been practicing yoga for a little over a year, pretty much every day. And I, as a result have developed, you know, a certain ego about my own practice, but I know teaching is a different 
beast altogether. And I just like on day one, I was like, I am just embracing that I'm here to learn everything I can and not come in with any preconceived notions of what I know or don't know. And I'm just going to go into this with the only thing I know is that I don't know. And what that allowed me to do was really take in the information and ask better questions and not go into things thinking, oh, I should know this already. I instead would be like, I'm going to ask that question because I don't know the answer to it. And this also allowed me to um, have better interactions with others. And I, and I think I realized one of my quote unquote bad habits is talking when I don't need to talk. Uh, and, it, and it's no uh. secret that I enjoy talking. I enjoy being in front of a microphone and all that stuff. But no. <laughs> <laughs> but I found there's I found there's a lot of power in silence and letting other people talk. And even if I have something to add on to it, taking a step back and seeing if someone else has something to say first before jumping in with my own thoughts. And it was really just a powerful practice in listening to what other people were saying instead of just waiting for them to finish so I could get my own uh, thought out. And I'm bringing this up to say that I think what helped me get to that point and kind of put me on and realize, okay, this is a bad habit that I have is uh, almost talking over people or talking too much um, was going in knowing that, Hey, I am a student in this thing. I'm not anything more than a student in this thing. And if I embrace the fact that I'm a student in this thing, I have this right essentially to learn however much I can and not try and, sugarcoat or not try and cover up what I should or shouldn't know. And I think that that was a strong, just, I guess, um, moment for me was putting myself into the mindset that I'm a student of this. I'm a student of this game. Yeah. It sounds like that was, uh, maybe freeing. Would you say it was? I don't know. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I've been telling people this, like in the least hippie way possible, it was like a transformative experience. Yeah. He says with his man button. <laughs> no, I think that's really cool because if you take the student mindset, then you're constantly, you can take away the beating yourself up piece. Like if, yeah. if I don't meditate today or if I sit there meditating and it's the most, like um, if my brain is racing around and not letting me calm down, I can be like, it's all right. I'm just a student today. Yeah. I don't have to worry about it. Yeah, yeah. And I think well, it removes the conceit as well, or the conceitedness as well. It's because it, if you know something about it, then it's like, all right, well, I should act like I know everything about it. Or again, it, and I'm kind of repeating myself here, but I, I had choices to actively think, no, I should know that already because I've been practicing this for uh, yoga for a year. But it's like, no, I shouldn't. I haven't been teaching it for a year. Well, yeah, it seems it seems like. Uh, uh, essentially turning off the um instinct to respond with yeah i got it thanks is like very is very helpful like i um i actually my um my partner she used to teach high school and she um i went with her to her old high school's graduation recently and so i saw a graduation it had been a long time uh and one of the speakers they they kept it very short, but they said, basically, the thing I have to impart to you, uh, graduating students, is ask for help. Like, ask for help when you need it. Ask for help uh, right away. Don't be bashful about it. Don't be worried about it. And I, I, feel, I feel like for every person who at some point realizes, like, oh, maybe I speak up too much. Like, there's also someone, uh, me included, who realizes, like, 
oh yeah, I could speak up more. Like I could, like I, I, for despite doing comedy can be relatively quiet. And, and I realized like, oh yeah, that's a really good, this is for these 18 year olds, but also I could remember that. Like what a useful piece of knowledge and I, I don't need to. And if I had for some reason sat there being like, well, I understand life. I have, uh, I have a car. I don't know. You know, like that would be a uh, uh, sort of, uh, uh, the wrong posture to be in if I want to um, be the best. These four cylinders taught me everything I need to know. <laughs> These four cylinders no. taught me everything I need to know. <laughs> so you've seen my car. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, I, I, yeah I, I think it really is. It's like if you have a habit you want to improve or you have a or change or whatever, it's like unless you admit to – well, for, I think first off – You've got to have the realization that it is a bad habit in the first place. Because you could do something, yeah. but if, you, if you're like, no, it's fine. It's not a bad habit. Then you'll never change it. You trying to take away my cocaine? <laughs> <laughs> you're going to convince no. people you actually... My, my, Michael, my Michael Caine. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, uh, moving on. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, I appreciate it. <laughs> yes, um, thank you. <laughs> uh, but until that moment of actually you know, admitting... This is something that I want to fix or that it, it is bad that I need to do better. There's going to be, you know, you'll never make any progress with changing that thing. And then when you do get to that point of, all right, this is something I care to improve upon. If you go into it with the, I should know everything about this, you'll never get anywhere either. So it's like you go, you can bring yourself back to asking for help, asking questions, um, understanding that you are a beginner in something and you're trying to learn and and i just want to ask a question on top of all this so a lot of times going this kind of is maybe going against what i said earlier but we pick people and we say well they do this and their life looks this way and i want to have a life that looks like that so i'm going to pick up this habit right jerry seinfeld meditates i like his life so i'm going to go meditate um but i think there's also a lot of just fakeness in the world of people saying like, yes, I meditate and I'm everything is perfect in my life, right? Yeah. And I'm almost curious because I think looking up to falsities or hyperbole can be really detrimental when trying to build habits in your life. Like if you look at The Rock and say, well, I'm going to get up at when The Rock gets up every day and work out the way he does. Part of that is still PR. Yes, he works out an insane amount, but it's still part of it is PR of like, showing you how much he works out right Mm -hmm. and i'm kind of curious like as you guys have looked at habits to build in your lives and looked up to people and emulated their habits have you have you ever seen anyone's any of these habits like shatter or been like oh wait a second that's not actually how it works Hmm. i think well it's you gotta have the right lens on it you can say well jerry seinfeld meditates so i need to meditate or you can say why does Jerry Seinfeld meditate? What's his reason for that? And, you know, it's whatever his reason is. Okay, that's the reason. What, what, if that's something that I care to improve upon, maybe I can meditate or maybe I can do something else for that. Mm-hmm. If The Rock gets up at, you know, 5 a.m. and works out for two hours, why is he working out for two hours? Like, like, and his thing is he's trying to accomplish a certain physique. While I look up to The Rock, I have no desire to get You're to his physique. There, man. <laughs> so yoga's making me more slim. <laughs> Uh, I have no desire to, to, to I have no desire to aspire to his physique. That's a rhyme. Cool. Um, so 
it's almost like you don't just take it as a blanket. All right, they're doing all this, so I got to do all that too. It's what are the things they do that I, that speak to me and then break down that process and what's the reason behind them and then draw from there. Yeah, I think I, I feel it that off of that, I've, uh, I think I've done a lot of kind of going um, A to C, so to speak, on like, uh, oh, that person has that habit, I should aspire to something like that. Like, uh, um, one person I look up to is Lou Gehrig. I think, I think he was very, very dedicated and disciplined and uh, a craftsman about what he did, but I am I'm the worst baseball player. I just, I just find that to be an inspiring example in a different field with different demands and it's it's just they're they're night and day compared to each other except for uh except for essentially what we're talking about about uh, having good habits uh to approach things with um but i yeah i can't i can't think of anybody who i've become like super disenchanted with or anything i think like like it turns out that um their habits were false or something like that. I, I do know, I, I have, I think I've found in stand-up comedy, there can be some uh, people talking up how much they get up and how much just time they're putting in. And, and some, sometimes the, 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 num- the numbers game of that can be a little of a, um, I don't want to say pissing contest, but, but, you know, a little, a little bit of, a little bit of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's what I'm trying to get at because we haven't gone deep into this, but with social media and everyone's like Snapchat feed just being like working out again, going for my try run, going for my, like it's there's a level of um, exaggeration that exists online in everything. And I think it starts to make us sort of beat ourselves up about our own habits. Whereas um, the only thing as cliche as it gets is like the only thing you can compare yourself to is what you did yesterday. And yeah. um it's like, yeah, okay, so this person might write 10 articles in one day, or this person might get up on stage, you know, seven nights a week. I'm doing three nights a week, but at least it's better than, you know, three months ago where I wouldn't get up at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and, also, and also with, uh, with that, with, with comics, with working out, with anything else, with people uh, broadcasting their, their work habits like that, I, I think I also try to remember that it's, uh, probably something that helps helps them do it. Like it, it's mm-hmm. a, like uh, it's somebody in antiquity. They said like everyone you see is fighting a great battle. Is the quote? I forget who said it, but I but I I, I probably think about that daily. Like it's just, like people are uh, doing what they can do to feel right and to go do the thing they're trying to do. And so if they're if if they need to Instagram it every time or something like that, then you know go for it. That's fine. Yeah, that's a, that's yeah. a dopamine hit. Yeah, to, yeah. Like, give themselves a reward. And it's it's holding yourself thing. accountable to something yeah. too. Um, yeah, exactly. One other thing I want to just one other nugget I pulled from the yoga training, and then we'll uh, we gotta wrap this up. But um, then we'll do meditation and float out of the room. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Is uh, we, the, over the weekend what we learned was how to assist people in poses, um, and how to like, you know, essentially modify your practice. And what they were saying was like, you know, one of our instructors was like, I can always tell when someone is an experienced yogi, when they will modify their practice and not try and push themselves to the limit. If like for just for no good reason, other than like making themselves look cool. And like, like Mm. there are like the people who are, 
I guess, quote unquote, inexperienced are the ones who will resist a modification or an assist and oppose because they think they have to do it all themselves. And if they're getting an assist, it somehow means they're bad at what they're doing. Whereas the person who's been practicing for a while and understands like all this stuff is like, yes, give me an assist. It will help me do a better expression of this pose. And, and I thought like those parts really spoke to me. And that's where I said, like, you know, it was kind of like, it was a humbling experience where I had like my practice ego shattered uh, in a good way to where, you know, and, and through those 10 days we did yoga, like actively did yoga, like four to six hours every day. So wow. it was like, you know, by hour four, I'm taking warrior two, like actually on my knees. Like I've got one, it's like, I'm going to lunge with my back leg on the ground you're just silly putty on the mat. Yeah, and it's and it's like instead of thinking like, oh, I got to make this look like perfect every single time, and I've got to mirror the other people who are in the room, I can do what works good for me in this instance and be okay with the fact that it's like this is the way I'm approaching it, and it's okay to not be just like what everyone else is doing. So the lesson: yeah. don't go to class to impress the cute girl with the blonde scrunch. Yeah, <laughs> blonde hair and a scrunch. Yeah. <laughs> And I also like too, you know, one of the other things they were saying was, you know, like anyone can get upside down or anyone can get into a headstand or a handstand, but like, it's like, I'm they're like, what's, uh, uh, any fool can get into a, can get upside down. Uh, but not everyone can come back down from that. Cause you can, you can flail yourself upside down, but if you look like, a, like an idiot coming back down, then it, you're not actually doing the thing the right way. Yeah, I got upside down by falling off a skateboard. So well, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> 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 All right. Uh, so we got to wrap this up before we do. Uh, Alex, let our listeners know just a little bit about yourself, uh, what you're working on, and where they can find you. Yeah, for sure. I uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a video writer for Crack.com, and I'm a stand-up comedian. And um, uh, my website is alexschmetti.com. That's my name with a Y on the end. Uh, Twitter's at alexschmetti, and those are uh, the best places to find what I'm up to. There's a, a show calendar for stand-up on the site, and um, and things like that. And yeah, we're, we've got um, new videos on Cracked uh, five, six times a week, and and uh, please check them out. Definitely check them out. I watch them every day on the commute. Oh, wonderful! I appreciate it. Yeah, and that was that was a funny instance where he was he was like, "Hey, you gotta watch this video," and I was like, "I think I know him." (laughs) (laughs) And then I was like, "Wait, rewind. Go to where it says his name." I was like, "Yeah, that's Alex." (laughs) I hope you CSI that like freeze enhance like. Exactly. Yeah, I put a magnifying checked out. A real magnifying glass in front of the iPhone just to be sure. <laughs> All right, so then to wrap up, we'll go one by one, uh, starting with Martin and ending with Alex. Martin, how do you improve bad habits? So I think the way that you improve bad habits is um, by really understanding who it is you want to be as a person. Um, so I am the type of person who does X, Y, and Z. And if you start... I guess almost brainwashing yourself into believing that you're that type of person. Um, it's really the the path to getting there is easier. So like I haven't I haven't drank alcohol since November, and like all it took was me just saying, "Well, I'm trying to start a business. I want to be as productive as possible at every day of the week. So I'm not the person who goes out on the weekends." And that was it. I just stopped going out on the weekends because I'm not the person that does that. And when people said, hey, do you want to go to a bar at three in the morning? I'm just not the person you that does sleeping. that. I was sleeping. So <laughs> um, it, it's kind of just accepting um, 
like figuring out who it is you want to be and then accepting that and then um, trying to find the triggers and rewards and that dopamine hit if it's the Instagram uh, in order to get on the way there. My answer, how do you improve bad habits? Um, Make yourself a student of that game, whatever that thing is. Become the what is the what's the what would be the Star Wars analogy? I'm so bad in Star Wars. Uh, the Jedi in training. Oh, like a Padawan or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Don't try. Just stick with wrestling references, man. <laughs> All right. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, develop your character. Whatever. That was. I can't even yeah. think of the wrestling analogy. I'm like blanking. But yeah, find the your idea, theme music. Yeah, sure. Yeah, the idea is yeah, make yourself like like don't try to improve something with the intent that you should already know what you're doing. Embrace Practice you're inside and outside the ring. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I guess. Uh, Alex, how do you... Solid improve, answer. How, <laughs> how do you improve bad habits? Uh, oh, man. I, I've just been thinking about Star Wars. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> I think it's uh, a, a lot of both of those things. I think direction is important. Um, knowing... Uh, knowing why you want to be doing it and what you want to be doing, um, or at least having selected something and, and being open to that changing. Um, and then, and, and, com- and committing to it daily, even if it's on a pretty small scale, uh, pretty small scale every day. Um, it's, it's, there are, it, it sort of builds the muscles of whatever that is, uh, kind of no matter what it is with, um, and if, if you're that, um, if you if you have that solid of a routine about it, it seems like it's it's almost hard not to accomplish it at some point. Alex Schmidt, thank you so much. The the the, the cracked sphincter. <laughs> wow. I hope that doesn't take off. But thank you for having me. <laughs> Thanks for being on the show. It, it was great. Thank you guys. That was our conversation with Alex Schmidt. Alex. Thank you so much for joining us for, well, quite frankly, a ton of inappropriate laughter, but a lot of things learned as well. Did you, the listener, enjoy this episode? If so, the best compliment you can give us is a rating and review on iTunes and subscribe to the show. Ratings and reviews and subscriptions help us get boosted in the search rankings. Therefore, more people find the show and therefore more people discover their inner awesome. For full show notes, references, and resources discussed in this episode, as well as where and how to contact Alex, head over to idealemon.com. We've got the full show notes listed there. That'll tie a bow on this one. Thank you again to Alex Schmidt, our guest. For Martin McGovern, I am Rajiv Nathan. You have been listening to the Discover Your Inner Awesome podcast. We will see you next time. But in the meantime, take care and be awesome today. Tonight!